0: Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the shenanigans. It was the early 80s, and sex was still a good way to meet new people. The disappointment. That's a real shame when folks be throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that. And the self-confidence. I'm six foot, three inches tall, and maintain a
1: very consistent panda bear shape.
0: Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your old friend, Spearsy. And Brad, back in New York. And today we go over Rolling Stone's newly revised list of the top 500 songs of all time with music journalist and Duran Duran book author, Annie Zaleski.
2: Stuck in the 80s is now listener-supported via Patreon. Read exclusive content, join our monthly VIP Zoom happy hours, and generally be an all-around good person by giving as little as 2 bucks a month at patreon.com slash stuckinthe 80 podcast.
0: Hey, Brad. Joining us this week to ponder the wisdom of Rolling Stone's list of 500 songs of all time is music journalist and author of a new book, Duran Duran Rio. It's Annie Celeski. Welcome back to the podcast, Annie.
1: Excellent. Thank you for having me.
0: So you knew about this list because you were actually a voter on it, correct?
1: I was. Yes. I got an email earlier this year um, inviting me basically to submit a ballot. They said, you know, pick your top 50 songs and send that in, which, you know, no pressure at all. 50 songs out of every single song of all time. (laughs) And I was asked to vote in the album list too. And I ended up forgetting. So I I was like, okay, I have to do this time. And so I ended up voting in this.
2: 4,000 songs. So they had pre-curated the list to a certain extent. So it wasn't like you could go put your like favorite deep cut off of some local...
1: No, I basically, the email I got was basically like wide open. It was
0: like, oh, me it was like
1: pick, pick oh, 50 really? songs. Oh, gosh. So Blank Slate, which you can imagine was, you know.
2: <laughs> oh, no, no. That's making, <laughs> that's giving me hives just thinking about it. I don't think I could do it. Like anytime anybody asks me what's my favorite. 80s movie or something I was just going to total vapor lock like I can't I, I don't well, know that's
1: exactly it, it. like <laughs> depending on the day you know the, like the day I voted was you know I picked yeah. 50 songs but if you asked me today I would probably pick you know 50 different ones where I was like oh I totally forgot to put that on
2: <laughs> I wish we could show you your ballot like here's a mystery ballot you got and you're like
1: yeah, exactly oh that was me
0: yeah so Rolling Stone has this list of 500 greatest songs and I guess this is their first update in 17 years is that right or is it 11 years it anyway it's the the first update in a long time and for some reason this list of all the lists that are out there of you know best movies of all time best movie quotes best albums best this best this one this one list seems to be revered more than other lists am i wrong about that annie
1: i would think so and i think because it's you know they've they've both their album list and their singles list I think have just been, you know, back in the day were kind of used as a guide when people were like, you know, what should I check out or what music, you know, have I missed? They were kind of, both of these lists were kind of held up as, all right, these were sort of a canon at the time they were compiled, right. I guess, at least.
2: Yeah. I mean, they called the list, the title of the list on the Rolling Stone website is the 500 greatest songs right. of all time. And, uh, you know, i, I Mozart might have something to say about that. But I, think, that's okay. I think. I think they would um, probably.
0: We've, I think we've gone to this before in other podcasts. I think they would differentiate between a song and a score. Well,
2: I think Mozart also wrote some things that had lyrics, so that's all I'm saying. <laughs> you know, words mean things.
0: Okay. Well, the classic <laughs> uh, but music. But all, covers... all,
2: all all that aside, I just I think it's fascinating when you look through this list. Like, what does greatest mean? Is it the greatest songs to dance to? Is it the most meaningful? Or are they the ones that cause the most social introspection? I mean, I think it, it, everyone, I'm guessing that everyone who voted kind of brought their own perspective to it and you're hoping that over the, the mass of ballots that it averages out to something good. But there are definitely some things on here like oh, okay, interesting. Not sure where we're going with that, but
0: Annie, when you wrote your list, what what was going through your mind? What, what to you qualifies a song as, as the greatest of all time or what were your criteria?
1: I mean, that's what's so, I mean, you kind of brought up right there, what was really kind of crystallizing the challenge of this is that, you know, my version of a greatest song or a best song is so different from someone else's, you know? And I think I was looking at a combination of sort of impact Mm -hmm. And also songs that have really stood the test of time, you know, like, I don't think it's any secret. Like my my number one choice was actually Purple Rain by Prince. Oh, good. Because when you think about just, you know, uh, this, I mean, first off, the song is an achievement on its own. But when you think about what the song represents, then what's it come to represent now and like his live performances? I mean, that's just a song that you look at and you're just like, wow, like, how did he do that? You know and my number two song was Aretha Franklin's Respect, which actually wow. ended up being the number one song on the list. Which is shocking because I think whenever I vote in things, I think I very rarely overlap with kind of popular consensus. Okay, so I was like, wow. Um, but you look at that, and I mean, Aretha is one of the greatest vocalists of all time, her performance of that song is legendary, and so that's just a song that. Everyone that's, it's just kind of built into the fabric of pop culture. And so I was kind of looking for kind of a balance of, of that stuff. And I, I did a little bit of balance. I don't, I think I skewed a little bit, you know, less modern than maybe some other people did, you know, just because I always kind of think, well, I feel like greatest songs and greatest albums, it takes a little bit of time to sort of accumulate that superlative.
2: Yeah. The instant classic thing is like, really? Can we, let's let's, let let let's let it soak a little bit.
1: Right. And, you know, and there are some songs that you can look at, like, you know, it makes sense to me why Old Town Road made the list, because that set chart records, it really kind of spawned a kind of a whole you know, different generation of modern music. So you can see like a song like that, like, OK, I can see why that's considered one of the greatest songs of all time, just because it's already sort of taken on this, you know, iconic status. But, yeah, most of my other things, it was a lot of sort of, you know, things that were popular in popular culture, things that, you know, I put on some stuff I liked too. But it was very interesting seeing kind of what I voted for and then what I ended up making the final list because I think I had some artists that made the final list, but they chose different songs. <clears throat> and that. so it was it was really interesting kind of seeing where everything sort of landed.
0: Let me ask you about where the 80s did on this. In the first list, in the top 10, there were no 80s songs. They just didn't make it. On this list, that the 2021 list, Public Enemy's Fight the Power is the number two song on the entire list. On the entire list. I mean, did did that come as a bit of a shock to you or a surprise?
1: You know, it's funny because Public Enemy, I think, uh, you know, they have such an interesting uh, you know, position in pop culture now because I think they're such an interesting band because I feel like I'm not sure how they resonate with the younger generation. But I think their music... Is really forward thinking. And I think their music really speaks to a lot of things that are going on in culture and society right now. And so it completely, and I, I can see why that song in particular sort of made number two, because I feel like that really encapsulates a lot of what, you know, have been on conversations in the last kind of five years. I was surprised it ranked that high because I think you could have made that argument with some other songs, some other hip hop songs from the 80s, like maybe, you know, N.W.A. or Run-D.M.C. And so I was actually surprised that that song in particular ranks so high, but it's a great song. I mean, I completely get it. I think I think I was actually I forgot that it came out in 1989. This is what I think is funny because I almost associate that more with the 90s.
2: Yeah, it does feel more 90s, doesn't it?
1: And I think these are the conversations we have all the time. It's like, you know, songs that come out at the end of a decade feel like they belong in in the subsequent decade. You know, I think with a lot of late 70s songs, we Mm -hmm. feel that way. So to me, it's like, oh, yeah, I guess that's an 80s song. But I mean, to me, that just feels like there was so much going on in the early nineties as yeah. well. And that song really encapsulated it.
2: It's like so. my, my argument about my Sharona, my Sharona is a seventies song, but it ushers in the eighties. So it feels like it belongs with her.
1: And, and Gary Newman's cars, you know, yeah. I think mm-hmm. that came out in 79. Right. And that's I- another really I- good example. Yeah. But I, I, but I think it hit in America in 1980. So I guess technically it's an eighties song, but yeah. And so, I mean, I think that's, what's so funny too, is when you, when you kind of look at this list and uh, you know the way the kind of you you see a little bit more how the decades kind of blur together and how the decades sort of you know where their dividing lines are. You can see a little bit clearer.
0: Let's talk a little bit about the love for Prince on this list. Oh my <laughs> goodness! Where, I'm gonna gonna get in, in trouble? In, I'm gonna what, get in trouble on this one. Be, be careful! <laughs> what, did he have six picks? I think six picks in the in the list.
2: He has three in the top hundred from the '80s.
0: He does.
1: That's right. Kiss, Kiss, One Dove's
2: Cry, and Purple Rain. And And I'm like, okay, One Dove's Cry, yeah, Purple Rain, yeah. Kiss? Really? Top 100 songs of all time? I look forward to receiving your hate mail.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's interesting. I was surprised that Adore made the list. That's at, like, number 431. It's almost like, you know, the songs that made the list, you could have picked almost, you know, three other Prince songs. I was also need to, uh, a a Casey Kasem rerun this morning and pop life was in the top 10. was like, I completely forgot that that was a top 10 single, you know? I mean, he just, you know, I think everyone, again, everyone has their own favorite Prince song and Prince era, you know? I'm like, how did, how did none of his like late seventies stuff make it? You know, that surprised me.
2: Little red Corvette at 360. I'm like, okay, you know, that's a solid pick, but... I don't know.
1: I don't. Just, I don't know I just, what Raspberry Beret is. I mean, I love Raspberry Beret. Sure. Yeah, so
2: that I, seems like that would be to me a better pick than Little Red Corvette.
1: Well, but Little Red Corvette's great though.
2: I, I'm not <laughs> saying it's a good song. Is it a greatest song?
1: I feel like that's better than a door. I I would definitely put no. Raspberry Beret over a door.
2: It is like a you know 60, 70 clicks ahead of it on the list. So, yeah. You know. I don't, I don't we, look. We can we can litigate this all day long <laughs> yep. and not get anywhere except to make. The people that listen to this podcast who love Prince angry at me so maybe I should shut my mouth yeah but you
1: know what though it's it's interesting because I feel like this list also probably you know with with all the the deaths unfortunately we've had in the past you know half decade a little bit longer I think that the list really also reflects that because I think Prince's catalog has really kind of taken on a different stature in pop culture I mean it was already you know yeah you know that's a
2: really good point
1: yeah. I mean, fairly ingrained, but since his death, I think that just because, I mean, he seems, you know, his music is just everywhere. And I think he's he's being people- being canonized be as a result. In. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that's what that has a lot to do with.
0: I'll say this as someone who, I mean, obviously I love the 80s and I stopped pretty much listening to music after the 80s, but I was- re- and That's just true. Fact <laughs> <Object> check <laughs> true. Um, so there's, there's probably a hundred- I don't know, 75 artists on this list that I've never even heard of. But what I was really impressed with was the number of 70s songs that we grew up listening to that made the list. I thought that was a nice uh, inclusion on Rolling Stone's part.
1: I was. I was very, when I kind of looked over to and looked at just like the decades, I was very surprised how many 70s songs were on there. And I think part of that is, I think the 70s right now are really popular with sort of you know, younger listeners, for lack of a better term, or younger generations, you know, with Queen and Fleetwood Mac, and and people like that. And so I think that there's a lot of like right now, that is sort of the decade that people are really gravitating towards. Yeah. So I think that definitely has something to do with it. But even like the cool 70s songs, you know, like the late 70s stuff, all kind of the early new wave and the punk and kind of the early power pop, too. Sure. Yeah. I was really surprised that there were some really great picks from there. But it yeah. was a very 70s oriented list. Absolutely. You know what
2: I feel like is missing from that 70s section of the list. There's no yacht rock here. Where's my yacht rock? There's Doobie Doobie Brothers. Okay. Oh, that's true. There is what
0: a fool. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's that's one song, but but that's enough. It's interesting. I was this morning. I I was watching Apple TV, and I turned on this program they have called "1971: The Year That Music Changed Everything." Has anyone else seen it?
1: I've been. That's on my list of things to watch. I've heard really good things. Really,
0: really amazing. Especially for someone like I mean, Brad and I were what four years old in 1971, so it wasn't like we were. Yep, too connected with what was going on at that point but it's it's interesting to go back because I remember when I saw the, the title I thought 1971 is the year that changed that music changed and everything I would have thought it would have been you know 1969 or something but they make a very compelling case and you start hearing all this music again and so many of the songs that they talk about in that series appear in this list and probably the, the one that appears most prominently is Marvin Gaye's What's Going On mm, yeah
1: it's an obvious thing to say, well, my God, that's an amazing song. But I feel like over the years, everyone's just like, Jesus, that's another one that's really taken on so much more meaning in terms of you know politically, socially, culturally, and seen as such a groundbreaking song.
0: On the flip side, we would be remiss with you on the show not to ask you about Duran Duran's Soul Inclusion, Hungry Like the Wolf, which appears at 398. Were you, were you surprised that at that ranking that, that one of their songs made it considering it's Rolling Stone and they've never shown a tremendous amount of love for, for Duran Duran.
1: Well, spoiler alert, that was in my top 10 of my ballot. So, I'm, <laughs> so I did my part. So you were <laughs>
2: pulling it up. You were pulling I, it up into the, I did, the, the, you, know, I, 300s. you know,
1: exactly. You know, um, you know, it, it, that actually, I mean, I don't, you know, I'm not going to say that, you know, Oh, it was my vote that put it over the edge. Cause I'm sure someone else voted for it. I'm sure I was not the only one who voted for it. You know, but I'm I'm happy, you know, I'm I'm happy and pleasantly surprised that that it made it, you know. I think you know, I think it's a reflection of, you know, because I think Rob Sheffield, who writes for Rolling Stones, a massive Duran Duran fan, you know, and he goes out of his way to, you know, be like, hello, this band's amazing. And so I think having him as kind of a voter and kind of being in the Rolling Stone orbit, I think probably helps a little bit too. But it is sort of a you know reflection, as I think you know, we've talked about a little bit too that. The band is getting a lot more respect. The band is, you know, musically, people are starting to, you know, be less snide about them. Be like, nope, that was a great single. That was a great band. But I saw on Twitter, which didn't even occur to me. They're like, you know, why is an ordinary world on this list? Which I think is a really interesting point. Because that's also, I think after Hungry Like the Wolf, that's like the song of theirs. That's really, just really, really grown in popularity in recent years.
2: It's like the grown up Duran Duran song.
1: It is, absolutely. Right?
2: Yeah, and, and it's such a good song. They're at a different place in their life and they're talking about it. It's not all pastel shirts and linen suits on a boat someplace. It's like, oh, this is the reality I'm in. It's been interesting to see Duran Duran grow like that and change. I really like some of their, their newer stuff. And I can't think of a whole lot of bands that I loved in the 80s that I can say that about.
1: So many of the bands that you know we all grew up with just aren't making new music anymore. I mean, I think... Yeah that's what's always so, you know, I've, I've been thinking about that lately. Cause yeah, I've been enjoying so many of the new Duran Duran singles so much and I'm like, okay, well, you know, what are the, the bands I like? Okay. Well, you know, I love Echo and the Bunnymen and they're doing a lot of sort of, you know, they, I think they put it on an orchestral record last, you mm-hmm. know, there's a Cure record that maybe will be coming this year. Who knows at this point, you know, I love Robert Smith and I love the Cure, but there's always a Cure record maybe on the precipice of coming out. For like the last, like, I think he played new songs when I saw them like five years ago, you know? So, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, and like Depeche Mode, I love, and, you know, I'm hit or miss and some of their newer stuff, but it's true, you know, that, uh, that 80s bands that are still making really vibrant music, that they're really sort of still engaged with making new music,
0: you yeah. know, there's
1: not a ton of them. And Duran Duran really does stand out because of that.
0: I'm trying to think of another one that that's been really, Pet Shop Boys have been somewhat prolific.
1: That's true. And they put out, I, I should be fair, like I've liked a lot of their later stuff too. Sure, And they, they're really still engaged with being creative and making new music. Erasure as well. I think Erasure also has put out some really interesting, like decent, really good music too.
0: In, in the course of what you do, Annie, how close of an eye do you keep to new music from, from that generation? I mean, obviously Brad and I you know, are peeled for it because that's, you know, Hey, that's a new show for us. We can do the review yeah, that's of our, <laughs> those are our people We can but, talk about the new I, Hoodoo gurus album. Yeah. All day long. But, but how much of, how much of your attention do you give to that?
1: You know, as much as I can, I think, you know, the most challenging thing now, and I think the last couple of years have really kind of thrown this into relief is that there's just simply so much music coming out. It is so easy to overlook something that's coming out. Either because release dates change or you miss a release date or you're not paying close enough attention on social media. Um, you know, I try to keep up as much as possible because I I is there a new Huda Gurus record? I actually am a fan of Huda Gurus, and that's very exciting.
2: Yeah. Um, I think you should look up World of Pain. It's a really good song.
1: Okay. So that's so yeah. So, like, but I completely miss that, you know, and I think that's my biggest frustration is that I try to keep up as much as I can. But it's just overwhelming how much, you know, music from new bands that are really interesting and then music coming out from old favorites that are that are still doing things. And especially like during lockdown, you know, people were doing things and, you know, and I discovered a bunch of whole new stuff. And it's just it's a lot, you know, it's very, you know, and and some of the older, um, you know, kind of the more veteran artists are better than others at social media. So sometimes you hear about stuff and sometimes you don't. And, you know, it's. It's, it's a lot, <laughs> I'll put it that way, as doing what I do. Like, it's just, it's very challenging
0: to keep up. I want to give everyone one last chance to take a shot at, or take a shot or or to applaud one single decision about the Rolling Stone list. And I, I want to start because I don't want anyone to steal my pick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to live in a world where Biz Markie's song makes the list and an Outkast song is in the top 10. So, I basically did a two-parter there. You can't have two. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) But Bismarcky in the top 500 songs of all time, if I had to narrow it down, I'm just going to go with that because that's the 80s play. Yeah.
2: I I mean, I I can't really argue with you on either point there. Bismarcky, by all, you know, rest in peace, by all accounts, a super nice guy. I know he was not necessarily beloved on the first 80s cruise because he wouldn't let a song play for more than about eight bars before he'd mix something (laughs) else in, and people were getting kind of aggro about that. But that's more about them than about Mr. Markey. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I I don't know. Top 500?
1: I would disagree on the Outcast tip, especially because Hey Ya was inescapable and Hey Ya was one of those records. So was the Macarena. I was. But 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 I think you you find more people influenced by Outkast than uh, you do. Okay, okay we well,
2: yeah, you got me <laughs> yeah. there, Annie. So much for my quips. And, and
1: you know, and you talk about Atlanta hip hop. Outkast made this record that really kind of brought Atlanta. You know, obviously they have been together, and there's other artists too that were huge from that. But that was the song that was like the big pop pro- crossover moment for Atlanta southern hip hop. So I am all about Outkast. I think they're fabulous and genius so i that uh, what i am interested in and you know and i you know the choices it's hard because i feel like if you're if the the songs that are at the very very end of the list probably got like you know very few votes like a very like low in people's ballots so i don't put too much stock in that i am more interested by like the choices of some of the bands like i was surprised is so run dmc's only song is sucker mcs
0: i think so yeah
1: and not like it's tricky or even, you know, their Aerosmith collaboration. I was very surprised by that. I was very surprised by the, the kind of the choices from the different bands, you know, that kind of made it like we were talking about with Prince, too, that like a door made it over something else. It's interesting what the songs deemed the greatest from artists yeah. that we all know and love. Like that was what was curious to me, like the curious pictures of you. I, like, I was like, okay, I mean, okay, you know, that's on Disintegration, you know, which oh, is a great record, so okay, good. but it's a good song, but one of the greatest, I mean, when you look at the rest of their 80s catalog. It's Noah
2: Forest. I mean, I'll just well, say that. right?
1: It, exactly, exactly. So I was, I was very surprised by that. And so that, that's, that's, that was my sticking point a little bit. I, I
2: think that's what you get when you have what basically sounds like it was consensus voting, right? People were just sending stuff in and if it showed up enough places, it makes a list yeah so uh, yeah tastes kind of average out i guess is the way to think of that
1: yeah. i mean i think that you look at that you know welcome to the jungle by guns and roses was at 491 yeah and i think if you look at if you're only doing the top rock song list that's probably like way up there that's probably i'm i'm thinking sweet child it of was, has it, was. Been it was much here. higher much higher yeah 88 yeah so but i think you know welcome to the jungle mean, you think about like that's Probably one of the you know the most iconic Guns N' Roses songs. That's what was interesting to me. It's just looking at the songs. It might have been someone ranked one of those songs really, really high on their list, so it made it. But it's curious.
0: Brad, what's your if you can have your one quibble? What will it be? Oh, do I have to have a quibble?
2: I want to <laughs> actually. I have a place where I feel like they got something right.
0: Okay. No, you can say that too. Applaud or quibble, either way.
2: Okay, <laughs> I'm going to applaud. I'm going to applaud the placement of journey's don't stop believing at 133 (laughs) okay now look you know you know as well as i do steve and listeners know that i'm i run very cold on journey i'm just not a big fan i wasn't a fan in the 80s but i've listened to i've listened to the song a million times who hasn't but it's such a well-constructed song and it is such an anthem I'm not sure how important it is, other than it's just a, a touchstone, you know, it plays on the radio on a TV show, and you're like, Oh, this is might be set in the eighties or it might be set now. It's been present in the pop culture mindset for the last like what forty years now. And you know what? I think that's about right. It's out of the top one hundred, but it's on the list. I feel like that's the right spot for it. It's one tick above Tina Turner's What's Love Got to Do with It? Perfect.
1: I would agree with that. There are Journey songs I like better, but it's just, that's like the song when you think of the 80s. I feel Mm -hmm. like that song in general kickstarted The whole trend where like, you know, Toto, you know, Africa became back into pop culture and Queen became bigger. Like that was really, I think, the song that helped 80s rock, 80s classic rock really come back into fashion, basically. And people really start to sort of rediscover it.
2: It's funny you mentioned Toto Africa, because when I was pulling together the list of all the 80 songs that were in the list, when I came to number 452, Toto's Africa, which is a song that I adore. It has two synthesizer solos come on it can't get any more 80s than this but is it really a top 500 song
1: oh absolutely i I
2: don't know about that i love it i i I love this song it's but i'm not sure that that is representative
1: (laughs) you know though it's the pop culture element you know if you think about it is it on Stranger Things? Is that is that it right? Probably, Beyond, like, yeah. Season?
2: I mean, again, it's a, an oral touchstone, right? When you play it, it's, yeah, it sets a exactly. time and place.
1: And I think that's one of the songs that you know when you look at you know younger generations looking at the '80s, that's one of those songs that you know crosses generations. I mean, Weezer has been playing it. You know, their cover on their tour this summer. That's just one of those songs that's really kind of crossed over into be you know a classic, for lack of a better word. And yeah, there are other songs, other Toto songs I like better too. Every time it comes on, I never turn it off. Oh, I'm
2: always yeah, up no, for of listening. Course. I'll listen to it again.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think and I have so a I
2: playlist
0: think... on my Spotify account that's this song ten times in a row. <laughs> See, My thing with it is that it's on so often that I don't even realize it's on anymore. It's it's almost like you don't realize you have, you have your fly open. You don't realize that Africa's Toto is playing on the radio. <laughs> so interesting.
1: <laughs> anyway, you look at seventeen steps above. You know, Rush's limelight made the list. That's. To me, I'm kind of like there are so many other better sure. rough songs than, than Limelight to make the list. I mean, that's that's what's so funny about this list is that you know on on the very day people were voting, this is what people thought was yeah. the greatest.
0: Now I would have put Spirit of Radio above that. So right, absolutely, or subdivision. Yeah, they have
2: one song in the whole top 500, and that's that's it.
0: Yeah, that's, it's, that's It weird.
2: is
0: It's strange. Yeah. yeah. Hey, going back to Duran Duran for a second, Annie, how's your book doing?
1: You know, it's doing. It extremely well. I don't have, you know, sales stats or anything, but, and, and, you know, you put out a book and you never think you're, you hope people are going to read it, but I think it's doing really well. You know, people have, people keep tweeting photos of their book at me and that they're reading it. And people said I've really enjoyed it. And so I've been getting some positive comments. So I, I think it's been doing pretty well. Like it's, it's people, as I put it, people, I don't know are buying the book, which is always a sign of something. It's not just like friends and family, it's strangers. So, you know, that, you know, your book has gotten out of your circle. So that's always a good sign. I, I saw
0: on Twitter, I think it was yesterday that somebody did a cover of the book with you as Patrick Nagel would have done an illustration of you.
1: So yeah, I'm going to be on another podcast next week and they to promote it, they had like a, a graphic design person they work with that put this together. And it's a, based off of a photo of me. I think it's on my Facebook page. And I had no idea they were doing it. Uh, they sent it to that's me so cool. and I was like, Oh my god! And I like freaked out. So I'm just like I've always wanted to be nagelized. Like I think I've made it. Like now that's amazing.
0: So I mean, with the whole locked, the whole you know Delta variant and everything locking down again, have you have you been able to go out and promote it much?
1: I've done a couple of local things in Cleveland, where I'm based. I've done a couple of kind of. I did a record store signing. I did a bookstore signing. There was like a bookstore, um, they have a kind of like a book fair with authors that I was able to do. So that's pretty much been it. There's a couple other things that you know I've been talking to people about, but it's, it's, you know, it's hard to tell what's safe right now. I'm in Ohio, things are kind of not getting so great at the moment. So I'd like to do more stuff and I'm just not sure if it's going to have to wait until next year. It's, it's hard to tell at this point.
0: If, if you wait for things to get well in Florida before you visit, it could be quite some time. <laughs>
1: I was going to say, I'm like, how's, how's your 2023 <laughs> yeah. looking? I mean, I think that's <laughs> <laughs> all booked up. <laughs> I know. It's like, you know, the silver lining is that Rio turns 40 next year. And so it's kind of a good excuse to kind of have to have do some loop. fresh promo. Yeah. An album turning 40 years, I think we've seen that, that that's become sort of, you know, before 50, that's become like the big anniversary people are really paying attention to. And so I have a, an event I know I'm already doing in February of next year. And so, you know, I'm starting to kind of look toward next year, too. But you don't know. I mean, it's hard to say what, what even the near future is going to hold. Let me
0: ask you this. With with Rio turning 40 next year and with Duran Duran having a new album out, I guess next month?
1: October 22nd. Absolutely.
0: Will next year be the year that Duran Duran, you think, finally gets a nomination for the Rock Hall of Fame?
1: Do you know that that is the question that people, that is the number one most asked question of me and all of the press I've been doing. They deserve to be in. I will say that they should. I mean, it's, you know, if we've kind of looked at, pattern in recent years, you know, when people, you know, like the Go-Go's getting in this year, you know, they had the documentary and there was sort of a groundswell of support and people realizing, Hey, this was a really great band. And we saw that I think with like Depeche Mode and then some of the other rock bands that got in, I hope I have no sway. I have zero inside information but they should. I've been watching some of their live footage from their shows they've been doing this week and it's it's just nuts that they're not in. When you look at their album sales and their indelible songs and it's just influence like they tick all the boxes. So, I can hope, but you just you know, you just don't know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm happy to say that today during this show later on during our TV party tonight segment we will be giving away five copies of uh, Duran Duran's Rio by Annie Zaleski. How cool is that? Signed, even! Yay! Yes, autographed. Ooh! So, well, yeah, I guess we'll have to put not such a difficult uh, TV theme song challenge this week. Maybe we'll see. Yeah,
2: you got to earn it, though. To be clear, the contest that we will introduce this episode, then when we read the winners the next time we get to TV party, yes, those people will get okay. correct.
0: So. Got it. <laughs> no, the people who won last week's still get a post- yeah. postal friendly bottle opener. So. Just
2: a postal friendly <laughs> bottle opener. It's a rare collectible, but it ain't no ain't no book. Can't read it. Yeah.
0: Annie, thanks so much for joining the show this week and helping us navigate this uh Rolling Stone top five hundred song list.
1: Absolutely. Happy to do it and happy to come on any time.
0: Hey Brad, you know it would be on my list of top things to do of all time. <sighs> what else could it be, my friend? The, the Seggies. Ah, uh, the relaxing tones of Listener Mailbag. I don't know why I keep changing the names of these segments.
2: Yeah, to, to amuse yourself, as people do.
0: Yeah, uh, we had some interesting letters over the past week or so. The first one is from Ashton in sunny Vice City. Brad, you want to read it?
2: Yeah, here we go. Ashton writes, Dear Stephen and Bradley, Hang on a second
0: here. What's up with that?
2: Dear Stephen Brad. Ah, better. A little editing sometimes goes a long way. My name is Ashton, and I turn 18 in about 10 days from the time I'm writing this email. I know I'm too young to be into the 80s, but it really is fascinating to me how freaking amazing this time is. Let me take you all back to how this started. In the summer between my 6th and 7th grade, I was digging through a closet in the spare bedroom of my grandma's house, and I found a Sony Walkman. I ran downstairs and found a random mixtape behind the piano and popped that bad boy in. The first song, Whip It by Devo. Okay, I'm just going to put a pin in this. We'll chat in a second. That very moment took me into a very deep rabbit hole of the decade. It has turned into my obsession. And then when the pandemic hit, school got shut down, I was stuck at home all day, and I needed to escape. That is when I found your podcast. I downloaded the 100 episodes behind the current episode, and now, a year and a half later, I only have 200 more to listen to out of the 600. Hmm, Keep it up. Keep it up. Remember, download twice, listen once. I've been listening to about three to five podcasts a day, and I can't stop. I think I've heard the voice of Spearsy more than my own father in the past year. So please tell me, Spearsy, will you get me a seat on the podcast time machine to take me back to experience the decade I have devoted my life to? Thank you guys for all the entertainment. Ashton and Sunny Vice City.
0: Wow. Uh, listen to your father more. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe maybe ask him how his day's gone.
0: You said you wanted to put a pin in the Whip It by Devo comment.
2: Uh, it, this is just a this is an odd. I'd like to understand more about the mixtape found behind the piano.
0: It does seem like a
2: it's an oddly specific detail. <laughs> I want to yeah. understand what else is back there. Were there a lot of mixtapes? Were there some eight tracks? Maybe
0: some vinyl? I question the timeline of a Sony Walkman being found. In a grandmother's closet. That
2: yeah, could have been her dad's.
0: Oh yeah, there you go. Good point. Yeah. The one he's the one she's not listening to. Not, he's not the not.
2: one she hears your voice more than him. So you should yeah. probably tell tell Ashton to eat their vegetables. Yeah.
0: Uh, anyway, I, I wrote I wrote Ashton back and asked, well, if if we give you the seat on the time machine, uh, where would you like to go? And Ashton said, live aid. So definitely one of us. That's a canonical
2: choice. Hard to find any fault with that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Also from Listener Mailbag, uh, in episode 613, during Listener Mailbag, we had Monica F Minkle, because I'm not in the mood to bleep anything today, chide us for not playing Turn Up the Radio by Autograph on our road trip playlist. And so Brad and I pondered aloud, what other songs have titles that tell you what to do? Sure enough, our listeners responded in fine fashion.
2: Yeah, basically, Steve and I are terrible at coming up with these things on the spot because at least (laughs) one of our listeners sent us a list of like 20 songs. Yeah.
0: Scott from Perry, Georgia wrote, Open Your Eyes from Asia. That's a good pick. Stand Back, Stevie Nicks, and then wrote, Pour Some Sugar in Me by Def Leppard. To which I responded, we don't pour the sugar in me, we pour it on me. Mm. He rubs the sugar on Steve's skin, or <laughs> yeah, else he like, gets the hose again. Yeah. Oh, man, that's uh, pretty demented. Um, yeah.
2: well, and, speaking of demented, uh, Dave Okiaga sent us a long list. Do you have a second?
0: Yeah, go through it.
2: Okay. Run to the Hills by Iron Maiden. Scream by Black Flag. Have a Drink on Me by ACDC. Don't mind if I do. Give Me Some Money, My Spinal Tap. Oh, choice. The aforementioned Def Leppard track. Respect Yourself by Bruce Willis. Wait by White Lion. Jump by Van Halen. You Better Run by Pat Benatar. Lick It Up by Kiss. (sighs) Save Your Love by Great White, Slide It In by Whitesnake, Wake Up by Run DMC, Eat the Rich by Motorhead, Bust a Move by Young MC, Dance on Your Knees by Hollow Notes, Wake Me Up Before You Go, Go by Wham, Jump in the Fire by Metallica, Shout by Tears for Fears, and Don't Stand So Close to Me by The Police. And I'm not reading his last one because it's yeah. gross and crude. Yeah,
0: yeah I know. Just, uh, <laughs> I know if you really want to know, if you really want to know, send me, send me 20
2: bucks and I'll tell you.
0: <laughs> I have Venmo. Anyway, we we love your emails. Um Send them to us, as always, at podcast TV Party Tonight! TV Party Tonight! TV Party Tonight! Ah, it's time for TV Party Tonight, the uh, seggy where we will play a snippet of a theme song from an 80s television series that Brad and I probably never watched. <laughs> and if you get it right, you are entered into the drawing for a postal-friendly bottle opener. Now, as we mentioned earlier... For this week's new challenge, we will select five random winners, and you'll get a copy of uh, Annie's new book, Duran Duran Rio. The one we're about to play, you just get a postal-friendly bottle opener. So, Lucky you. <laughs> from episode six eleven, here was the mystery clip. That's the theme to In Search of. God, you picked this one. What was your inspiration? I, did.
2: I I just was, you know, thinking back on what was on on like a Saturday afternoon, like random syndicated stuff, and this this particular series gave birth to so much pseudoscience garbage television that I just had to put it on the list. Plus, it's narrated <laughs> by Leonard Nimoy, which is freaking awesome.
0: Yeah. Rest in peace. Yes. Uh, we had some winners. We had some. Shocking that there are no female names in yeah, this list.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, this is, a, this is a dude one. The ladies were too smart to watch this crap.
0: <laughs> hey, I'll read them this time, just oh. to be different. Ooh, okay, try okay, it. Okay, I'm going to slur my way through it. <laughs> Winners this week include Joseph Perdue, David Akers, Todd of Minnesota, Don You Dropped the Bomb on Me Hammock, Chad Petterman, Dr. Dim Charles in Vegas, Patrick Jigzy Juggler Thompson from Parma, Ohio. Parma, Ohio. Why does that ring a bell? Anyway, Stephen Halifax and the tromboner. I don't know why I emphasize that that way. It's super classy.
2: Super classy. I know. This is not my best. Go to position seven, Mr. Tromboner.
0: (laughs) Why am I laughing? I I mean, I kind of know what that means, but I also kind of don't know what it it means.
2: means It slides all the way out. That's seven, all the way out.
0: (laughs) That's the way the tromboner would want it. Indeed. Uh, Mrs.
2: Tromboner, hard to say.
0: <laughs> we, <laughs> we, uh, we we need to spin a wheel, so Brad, why oh, don't you... Oh, shall I spin the wheel? Yes, please. Okay, here we go.
2: Uh, no, that's not it. No, no, here we go.
0: There we go. Tromboner will be proud. Oh, uh, boy. How many more marching band or... or orchestra references can we work into this week's show
2: yeah, we're already over the limit
0: good <laughs> it looks like it's gonna land on chad peterman so you were this week's winner of the postal friendly bottle opener so send us a postal address i feel like i've said postal too many times that's possible
2: it stops meaning anything
0: <laughs> in the meantime for a chance at one of the uh, autographed copies of annie's new book duran duran rio here's this week's mystery clip and if you threw a party If you know it email us at podcast At podcast@sitds.com and tune in soon to find out if you're a winner. We'll be right back after this commercial break. You got to fight for your right. To fight.
2: It's Rolling Stones Sounds of the 80s, the best songs of the 80s in one complete collection. Jump, jump.
0: Rolling Stones sounds of the 80s for just 9.99 on compact disc or double length cassette.
2: and keep your hands to yourself. How do we our I wanna be. Then audition other sounds of the 80s albums. There's no minimum to buy. Cancel anytime. Yes, baby, Don't wait. Call now. To order Sounds of the Eighties, call 1 800 249 9944
1: or send 999 plus 350 shipping and handling to Sounds of the Eighties, Department 9, Richmond, Virginia.
0: And we're back. We have a few minutes left. I thought, let's take one more swing at that that Rolling Stone list. Brad, I'm surprised you didn't mention any aggravation over Devo being excluded.
2: Yeah, you know what, Steve? I've just kind of made peace with that. Uh, I think that they are an influential band in a lot of ways. They were heavily influenced by other bands as well. I think whether they'll admit it or not, there's you know more than a little bit of craft work showing up here and there. But I, I'm okay with it. It's okay for me to have my favorites that are that are near and dear to me. That other people are not like oh, I don't know. It's, it's okay. Yeah. That's fine. I, I, the thing is, I think most people that would be voting for a Devo song would put Whip It on there, and that's just no. No, I, I no. see your point. I mean, if it had been on there, I'd been like, oh, that's cool. It's, it's kind of like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Bands seem to generally, like, don't really give it any credence until they're in it, and then it's the coolest thing ever. It's a little bit of that syndrome, I'll admit it, but I, I, I wasn't too troubled by it.
0: I will shock Stuck in Nation by saying I am not at all perturbed that Madonna has three songs on the list. I, th- I thought they were well chosen. It, she got in for Get Into the Groove, Like a Prayer, and Vogue. If I had a quibble, uh, you know, I don't know that Vogue rises. I, I, I guess I, I really don't like Vogue. But I mean, but that being said, it was as much a part of popular culture as any of these songs was oh, back in 19. Oh, very much so. Yeah, so it's very much deserving. So. And I'll say that I was uh, squealishly uh, delighted to see that R.E.M. Uh, had a song... Night Swimming made the list at 160, which is...
2: I'm so glad you put that on the notes, because I I've the same thing, when I saw that come up, I'm like, oh, yes, yes, that's such a good song. I feel it like we've talked about it on the show before. We
0: have. We have. It's <laughs> a great song. Go, not go an listen 80s, to it right now. It's not an not 80s, 80s song,
2: but, it but it's, just, it's such a beautiful song. Yeah, it piano, is. All.
0: Well, check out the list, see what you think of it. In the meantime, we'll leave you with these dulcet tones of R.E.M. While Brad and I remain here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s
2: stuck in the 80s is now on patreon if you'd like to support the show go to patreon.com slash stuck in the 80s podcast special thanks to check battery daily for our theme music and thanks for listening